Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listen, you must to Hoobazoo.com. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Hey, race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past week in racing and preview the coming week. Joining me in the studio, I've got Richard Uden and Luis Torres. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Very good, thank you. Very good. Hanging on by a thread due to the nose. <laughs> yeah, I know you've been under the weather, man, but I appreciate you. Appreciate you toughing it out and joining us on the air tonight. So, um, so NASCAR had a big weekend out in Vegas, uh, all three series in action. And, um, you know, at the, at the end of the weekend, it's, uh, Kyle Larson back in victory lane, uh, with, uh, Hendrick now these days, uh, as you recall, Kyle Larson, uh, just, I guess it was just about around a year ago, mm-hmm. just, just about a year ago that uh, Kyle was uh, suspended and um, lost his ride with Ganassi for uh, using a racial slur while doing some eye racing. And I want to say that was about this time of the year because this is about yeah, the time. Yeah, April, uh, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was yeah. Right, right around now when they had started uh, canceling all the races and uh, and we're watching all the eye racing. So it's been a it's been a, a long road back for Kyle. I mean, mind you, he's uh, he stayed busy um, running sprint cars and running dirt cars and uh, winning everything he can there. And uh, uh, you know, for for a while, nobody wanted to touch him, but he completed the uh, NASCAR Road to Recovery programs, and um, uh, he even drew some congratulations of uh, you know Bubba Wallace and, and I believe. Uh, uh, Bill Lester had congratulated him on Twitter and, and they hoped that he had learned his lesson, but, uh, but boy, what a great drive he put on there. What do you think, Louise? Oh, it, not just Kyle Larson, even last week at Homestead with William Byron, it seems like Hendrick Motorsports in the one and a half mile circuit with this package. They seem to click something. And in fact, Hendrick has been on a roll dating back to last season. It's, it's been a while, but for Larson, it's just, it's been elusive for the, that mile and a half track because you usually see him do really well, especially Homestead. But to get that win at Vegas, not just it's a statement win. And, and I'm going to have to mention this. It's a statement win in my book because, one, he's just when he was out front, 
nobody at the at the very end of the race, nobody could really catch him. Yeah. Other than well, Brackett last year was there, but he was running out of time, and Kyle Busch as well, who got better as the race went on, but. Huge win, especially for a car that hadn't won in a long time because the five car is the old 48 team. Mm-hmm. So with Cliff Daniels as an elusive win. So in all intents and purposes, this car has remnants of the old 48 of Jimmy Johnson. But with Larson setting the tone, he's had a great start. He finally got his first top five the Sunday prior now to go back to back top fives, but this one would have win. And the paint scheme that means so much to Rick Hendrick because that is synonymous with Ricky Hendrick and Brian Vickers that it's a big deal for them, not just because of the redemption arc. And it's very key to say redemption, not revenge, because redemption is tr- more validated than revenge. Like there's no revenge. It's just him proving his worth at Hendrick Motorsports, especially when he doesn't really have much sponsorship backings. Rick. No, no. he's he, Yeah, he's being sponsored by Hendrick cars, right? But, yeah, but, but yeah, but but to your point about the um, that being the 48 team, that's that's a much needed shot in the arm for those guys because they've been, you know, they've been they've been close over the last couple of years where they just, uh, you know, they had a long, long uh, dry spell, you know, while their their teammate Chase Elliott is uh, winning championships and whatnot. So, uh, you know, great job to that team. Uh, you know, great job to Kyle Larson. Now, uh, Richard. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about this particular package because it seemed to perform really well at at both Homestead and in yeah. Vegas. I thought that uh, you know last year we had some issues with packages not meeting tracks very well, but this particular one, I think it was the if I'm correct, the 550 horsepower with uh, with yeah tapered spacers, yeah tapered spacers, yeah. So it's so lower horsepower, higher downforce, but yeah. but but it really seemed to improve the racing, Richard. Oh, for sure, and it. You know, the mile and a half are, you know, historically the bread and butter of, of uh, NASCAR's you know, calendar. And it's been ironic that they have struggled so much in the last, you know, last few years with, with producing entertaining racing on those. But, um, you know, to see these things go four wide or five wide in Vegas and, uh, you know, hug the, hug the outside wall out at uh, at homestead you know it was fantastic to see and they, they produce a really really good racing and uh, they've they've got to be cre- giving credit for that obviously this this year shouldn't really happen as, as it were with these cars uh, you know they i'm sure i think it was this year the next gen was supposed to be coming in wasn't it but uh, that's always been delayed back through to 2022 now and uh, yeah it, it's it, it's good to see it really is and hopefully that bodes well for the rest of the season um, you know, Kyle Larson, a, a great win there. I mean, what happened last year for him was obviously, you know, not not great. Um, but I, I, I mean, I believe that even if what happened hadn't happened, he'd still be in a Hendrick car right now because I think his contract was up at Ganassi at the end of last year, wasn't it? And I think there was a lot of talk of him going to Hendrick, and I, th- I think that just sealed the deal for him, really. You know, you know. In an inappropriate way, but uh, I still think he would have he would be in a Hendrick car right now, and uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a real challenge to chase Elliott this year, and I think he he's got a shot at the title for sure. Oh, for sure. But I mean, as we look at the fact that we've had four different winners uh, in four yep. different races now, now we're we're on pace to uh, match you know uh, 2011 where we had 19 different winners, which means you can have race winners don't get into the chase now yeah. I mean, that's that's provided we keep up the pace of new winners uh you know there's nothing to say that uh you know kevin harvick won't rail off four in a row 
Uh, mm-hmm. as, as he's known well, to do, doing that. You know. But but the interesting thing is that we've got four different winners. So that's kind of if you look at the points, right? The guys leading the points right now, it's uh, Denny Hamlin and Keselowski, who haven't won, are yeah. at the top of the point stand just based on uh, consistency there over, yeah. over the four races. So even as even though the Hendrick cars look great, you know, they, the wins have been spread out. And um, you got to really look at these guys running consistently. But if they don't hit victory circle, we continue to have a bunch of winners there, you know? Yeah, I mean, when you've had, you know, a couple, you know, obviously – uh, you know the Daytona 500 win. You would never put them in a in a playoff berth. And then um, you know you'd, you'd probably put William Byron and um, you know definitely as a potential uh, race winner or at least a playoff contender. And and Belzer, you know, yeah, his first year with Joe Gibbs, you know, maybe there or thereabouts. But you know they've sort of muscled their way in early, which is great for them. These young guys, you know, huge amount of confidence, and it'll. It'll it'll help them grow throughout this throughout the season, but you know you you look at your your Kozlowski Laganos, you think they're going to be there about. Then you've got you know Truex and Bush and Hamlin. Okay, well that's another that's five places. You know your Harvick, that's Harvick, six. yeah. You know you you're filling up this. You know you probably think Bowman's going to you know potentially get one in there. Then maybe Kurt Busch or Almirola or somebody like that. You know you. you you're filling up those spots really quickly. So you're going to want to get that win to take the pressure off you, especially some of these, um, you know, high-end people, uh, you know, the high-end guys, the guys that, you know, you look at Kyle Busch last year, you're not, not getting a race win until he was eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, actually, I just wanted to, you know, quickly sort of mention that. I, I think he was watching the Homestead race last weekend. Um well, the previous weekend, sorry, 10 days ago now, uh, where he came on the radio and said, this track's nothing like the simulator. And that um, was, he said the same thing this past Sunday at Vegas, yeah. both twice now, in a you, row. And I'm not one, to, not one to sort of blow my own trumpet, but if you remember back to what I was saying last year, where I thought, especially the 18 car in the Gibbs camps were struggling, was simulation and modeling, because they, you know, nobody had any track time last year pre-race and that put a huge emphasis on your simulation work and they struggled so for him to say that was telling and you know you still haven't had practice and qualifying at the last two races and they've been saying the same thing and Kyle wanted an engineer or a change to the team now my guess is that it was the guys that do the simulation which are typically the race engineers on the team he wanted that change and that's why it caused him to get a new crew chief so I think there's a little bit to that now, actually, coming back to some of the comments he was making over the radio. And as as the sport gets more and more advanced uh, from an engineering aspect, which is going to, you know, the, you can't stop it. Um, as an organization, they certainly need to look at that a little bit better, I think, um, to improve those, uh, to, to improve the performance there. Yo, I agree. If, if your simulation and modeling is off, yeah, you know, you're you're chasing the wrong rabbit, then you get in that race car. And I think that was Kyle's problem most of the year last year. Remember, he was the guy openly yeah. co- complaining about the lack of practice. And we were kind of, you know, wondering, you know, because Bush realistically has more track time than anybody out there for the amount of uh, Xfinity and um, truck races that he's run over the year. But yeah, but I mean, if you're if the modeling's off, you're but uh, one other thing on Kyle Bush I wanted to mention. So I, I never knew that Eminem Mars had a 
an, an upscale line of fancy chocolates called Ethel M's. But uh, I, I don't know if uh, uh, who thought up that livery color, but my God, that was ugly. <laughs> hey, come on, I mean? man. Yeah. I have a refrigerator with that with that color. <laughs> it's literally you really. Yeah, I was going to say it's a retro color, but yeah, I, you're, I mean, you're used to Kyle Busch with, with, the, with the bright colored M&M's car or the bright green. Yeah. It changes every year. The, yeah, the bright green interstate batteries, but this thing was just a a, a dull putrid, I, I, a nineteen seventies shag carpet green, you know. So, but uh, <laughs> I'd go but back it, as far but, as but the hey, 50s. But, yeah, but but hey, if it pays the bills, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, paint paint the car, whatever. So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. So, um, but before, speaking uh, of Kyle, the big thing around him is sure he ran the truck series race. He got beat by his driver John Hunter Nemechek. But there's a whole mm-hmm. debate as far as whether or not he delivery spun. And, of course, it didn't surprise me when Kyle Busch told Bob Parker's in the post-race video call said, nope. It's because here's why. Look what happened to Dale Jr. Look what happened to Bubba Wallace and Clint Boyer. They admitted or they have the vibes like, yeah, they did it. Obviously, Kyle Busch is not going to tell whether or not he did it. We'll never know. It's because you know what happens. If you tell that you delivered a spawn, you're going to get penalize points and sure it's a truck series but the 51 if i recall are going for owners championship they've always happened for the past several years yeah well i mean but obviously by you know john hunter nemechek winning that locks him a place in the in the truck playoffs and and that's kyle's truck so uh yeah, yeah I mean, definitely I mean, makes him smile because we haven't yeah. seen a driver just deliver wins right out of the gate with Todd Gill and Harrison Burton, Christian Eck, because even Noah Gregson had a hard time winning. In fact, John Hunter was able to win this early in the season. It's telling that John, I think everybody expects him to be a title contender. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, John Hunter's a good, he's a good driver. Yeah, he's got a, a great career ahead of him. But uh, but but I want to get back to the cup series for a moment. Uh, because we were talking about the um the Gibbs team. And um, you know, I did want to. I did kind of notice that this is two weeks in a row that we've had um, Truex and Hamlin kind of rather upset with one another and rather animated on the radio uh, with one another. Do you think there's, there's trouble in paradise there or uh, I mean, what are your thoughts there guys? I, I, I think you're, you know, Joe Gibbs sets themselves such, uh, you know, incredibly high standards, don't they? You know, you look at the history, you look at the drivers they have there. Um, you know, no disrespect to to you know, uh, Bell there in the 20 car. You know, you look at Bush, Truex, Hamlin. You've got, if those three guys are, are all in the final four, nobody would be surprised. So they probably have the strongest depth of driver lineup for a four car team on the in the in the field. And you know, they're going to expect to be winning every race. You know, I've, I've always said, you know, and I've mentioned it a number of times in the show, you know, if there's, if there's 10 things. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Things you need to do correctly to be in a position to win a race. Guys like Gibbs and Hendrick and maybe Stuart has as well, will get six or seven or maybe even eight of those things right every week. So then you're focusing on two little things here and there to to really check all the boxes and go for the win. Um, so their, their levels of professionalism and preparation are huge compared to most of the other teams because they're resourced. Um, so you know, to see them struggle is is a little bit unusual. I mean, uh, how many top ten or outside of Bell's win? How many top tens have they had? I think Bush was the, that was his first top ten of the season, wasn't it? First top five last week. First top, was five. His first top five, but yeah, his first top five this past. But it's still time. not. You know, he's not going to be like, woohoo! I got a top five. You know, he he wants to win everything he does, as you see by his truck series and Xfinity series uh, history. You know, the guy wants to win everything he he, he sits in. Um, so they'll get there, but um, yeah, it is a little bit unusual to see them not struggle. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a a relative thing, isn't it, from where we expect to see them? Yeah, and people forget that Martin Jr. has not won since the Week Nine Martinsville race almost a year ago. It's been a long time for Truex, so of course there's a lot of tensions. It doesn't really surprise me between Hamlin and Truex or even Kyle Busch because all of them have kind of arguably define the 20 teens as far as success is concerned. And they're very hard, they're very hard-headed, fierce, and competitors. But we can say the same thing as well with Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano. It seems like we went from that, Pence, Keselowski, Logano, which they will have their moments every few years, to now Joe Gibbs. So it doesn't really surprise me between Hamlin and Tricks because they're trying to prove their worth. One is trying to win for the oh. first time in nearly a year, and the other one is trying to get a strong regular season yeah. and finally get that championship. Exactly. And you also got to remember as well that, uh, you know, a lot of the teams, the other teams here, are, are factory partners with the manufacturer. Gibbs is basically the Toyota factory team, mm-hmm. you know, in everything but the name. You know, Ford doesn't really have a factory team. Chevy have two technically factory teams, but they're still not as closely aligned i don't think with the engine manufacturers gibbs are with with toyota so you know gibbs's resources don't just stretch to what they're able to put into it but they basically have um you know exclusivity exclusivity activity easy for me to say with um with the toyota funding there so it's um you know there's a lot of money going around there and they expect to win and they will do you know i still expect hamlin and truex and bush to to get wins if not multiple wins this season but as we mentioned with some of these and this isn't being disparaging to them b-list drivers getting wins early in the season it will start to make them sit and look up and go you know we've got to we've got to get something done pretty quickly here guys so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound and speaking of those b-list drivers that that one mcdowell kid man terrible sorry i know right yeah but uh i mean McDowell has kind of quietly been proving that that Daytona win was not really a fluke. He's uh, he's no, run, run, run consistently near the front of the field well, uh, in the last several races. 
one of the things you'll find is obviously, you know, when when you win a race like that, you know, with with such, you know, um, huge reputation as that, you know, there's obviously a lot of accolades coming your way, but also a lot of prize money comes your way for winning that. And in addition, these guys have got a free ticket now for the rest of the season. They can do whatever they like uh, between now and well, they're, they're not going to, you know, re- in reality, they're probably not going to progress outside of the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, they can throw whatever they like at that car now. They can be sent to the back of the pack every race if they have to. They'll bend bits of bodywork and have a shim spacer here and there that they shouldn't do. And, oh, do we leave that in the car? <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, they'll push the envelope massively. And you're seeing that. You know, you, you probably a little bit of their uptick is probably due to, um, you know, due to that. And also they've got, you know, the way the starting grid is allocated now, they're getting reasonably good starting grid, you know, starting positions. And that helps them. You know, it helps you run out the pack early in the race and it keeps you out of the way of some of the carnage that's going on back in the middle of the pack and at the back of the pack early early doors there. So, uh, you know, th- that Daytona 500 win is, is worth so much to a team like that. And the, the knock-on effects and repercussions can, can last pretty much the whole season, I think. Yeah, I mean, certainly they're capitalizing as much as they can. You know, I got to say, you know, for a smaller team, they're, they're really, you know, they're really making a good yeah. showing. Now, I, I wanna, at, sorry. No, I just, I just want to circle back to the, you know, the lack of practice and qualifying. And, mm-hmm. and is there, do you know, Louise or Richard, are, are we going to return to some qualifying here later yeah. in the season? Bristol uh, dirt race for definitely the road courses, the new ones coming up are the definite ones that I believe Phoenix is another one, but that's about what, it to my what, what about the Xfinity series? Because I know we've got we've got guys with Xfinity teams who just I don't think I've heard much on Xfinity. Yeah, that's you got you got guys up. because because they're already locked out. They would have to qualify to get in. You've got guys with a, a teams ready to go. They just yeah, can't, race, can't race. Yeah, you know? I'm sure like our motorsports, Jordan Anderson, and even the yeah. Bassett brothers would like that to get better, especially Anderson declared for Xfinity points rather than trucks. Whereas it, it, yeah, some of the, if you speak before I, mean, I go a little bit on the tech, you used to think about eligibility. There's, there's this question about, should Brad Moffitt consider go for Xfinity rather than trucks because how our motorsports are doing really well than they have. Even the second car with the partnership with Ryan, the Siegs and the Rayum brothers and all that, where they're using the 23, has been been quite telling that they're there to compete. But right now, Moffitt's going for trucks, whereas Cody Ware's now an Xfinity points de- declaree, yet to make an Xfinity star, yet he's still making these cup starts, which I... I, there's someone I don't understand. And there's also like Grand M Finger, Christian Eckes with M Finger getting a, that ride with Cody Rohrball, but he didn't get a ride due to lack of funding. And also, he was going to run part time to start off. He's not eligible, but who knows what they're going to do with it if he finally gets the win. We'll see. But all these points declarations and all these practices is vital at the end of the day to where they just got to. They got to figure something out and hopefully sooner than later when this pandemic is done, we'll get back to it. I know for a fact on the other side, IndyCar has narrowed it down to two days of activities with the exception of Long Beach, St. Petersburg, Toronto, 
in Nashville as far as the road to street courses are concerned. Right, right. Well, you got um, you know those those street courses are those you know those street courses. They've got uh, you know they've got the the three day festival. You know, mm-hmm. so that's so that's obviously already a pre-planned three-day event with all the other support races and the other things they have going on there. Um, yeah, I, think, I, I, th- I think I think Gateway is already a one-day event. I think it's going to be practice qualifying and and race day all in one day. Uh, Texas is a double header, so you're going to have uh, that's just going to be two days. You know, practice qualifying in the morning, race at night, and, and then I think, if I'm not mistaken, the the, the grid for Race two is going to be set by the finisher race one. I'm not uh, entirely sure. I know sure, the sure race is past afternoon. That'll probably end by around sunset. It's going to definitely, it is a definitely odd one. I know Belle Isle is just two days, but with the IMSA right, race right, yeah. earlier. <clears throat> yeah, but but at the same point, they're, they're not, uh, they're reducing the amount of days that they're in mm-hmm. town, which, which reduces the number one, their exposure to COVID or, and, yeah. and, it, and it reduces their lodging costs. Um, mm. I so think that's, that's what a, it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. But at the same time, they're not eliminating um, practice of qualifying. You probably have one less or maybe two less practice sessions. Yeah, even Formula, we saw Formula One. They, aside from Emma, they, they pretty yeah. much had everything as planned. Yeah, Emma was the only one they reduced. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't know what's with NASCAR. I'd imagine it's just cost cutting or just the fact there's more people involved but then when you look at formula three where they had like 30 cars but they're only there for what, one or two days i i i it is a very complicated thing explaining I mean, and understanding or trying to digest everything yeah you know take a as, long as i think from a logistics standpoint it's a lot easier to do this sort of structure with a nascar because you're i mean they even have limits now on, on team members isn't it? it's like 12 or 14 people per car or something uh, yeah, maybe even and less social than that media now. folk as well yeah we see there a lot of those won't be going to maybe one person goes to the track but a lot of them probably won't be going as much as they're used to and all the pr people because they're not going to have the you know the people to sort of uh entertain and 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 the uh, you know do all the corporate blurb with so yeah know, who was who was it that got who was it that got fined for having too many people? Was Chip Ganassi, Ganassi. wasn't it? Chip Ganassi got yeah. fined for having. I think I think it was maybe just one person that wasn't authorized the to list. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah and Chip was, got so, suspended for one race. Yeah, well, I guess that opened so up a think, spot for somebody else to hang out. Well, you mean they take it seriously and quite rightly as well, and you know because it is expensive. You know, it's one of the biggest expenses that a race team will have each year is transportation and hotels. You know, if you think you, excuse me, you've got you know, 15 people each having their own hotel room, yeah, you'll probably get a bit of a block discount or whatever it is. But if you do that 30-something times a year, you know, that adds up pretty quickly. And, you know, the, the one thing with NASCAR is you can do it, you can do it in a day. You know, you, you, as long as your haulers are at the track when the team get there, you, know, you may have two hauler drivers, um, and then, you know, they'll be they'll get the garage set up, so they'll probably get all the toolboxes wheeled out into the garage and all that sort of stuff um you know so when the team gets there all they've got to do is take the car out of the hall and wheel it into the garage do a quick bit of setup work because you know you, you you've got your setup that you're working with for the race and that's it um and so you can do that relatively quickly Formula one you can't do that but you have to build the cars the cars come in pieces 
And so you'll turn up on a Wednesday or typically Thursday and Thursday's car build day. And you'd spend most of Thursday building a car, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you do your running. So it's just the logistics of it just don't work in Formula One. And, you know, NASCAR does lend itself to trying to reduce the, the length of, you know, the weekend quite, quite quickly. Yeah, and that's Certainly, why you yeah. have guys running events like Kyle Busch or even sometimes Stuart Friesen will run. Actually, not Stuart Friesen. That's not a good example. Kyle Busch will, and Kevin Harvick will have time seeing their kids run and then on Saturday and then Sunday they just arrive at the racetrack. They just literally arrive day of and then they in and out. I think in some aspects it's helping. I know Kevin Harvick's mindset has changed to where with this pandemic that we dealt with for the past year now, that it's kind of opened his mind up it's, there are times to where it changes. Like even for the longest of time, he just go by himself. He would not have anybody else join him until like very, very recently. He started to have like Keelan and coming to the races and all that because that's because that's the thing people take it very seriously. Some don't, but others do. And I think just having those one day shows has kind of allowed those folks some time to spend time with the family. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, but the one I mean, the one uh, problem with the, the, the compressed schedules is, uh, you know, if you run into some trouble, uh, if you recall, was it uh, at Texas last year? Takuma Sato had had uh, put the car in the wall during qualifying. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> ended, up, ended up he ended up missing the race because they just didn't have enough time to uh, to get that car back together. Because, you know, in the IndyCar, usually they have one spare car for the team which is in usually it's not quite in a full state of assembly uh, you know and then they can throw it together rather quickly uh if need be but uh not you know not that quick usually it's like an overnight kind of thing um so but yeah so that's the only danger in that that if you're not you know if you run you run into some trouble during uh, during your practice or qualifying you, you know you might do like Pearl Takuma and miss the race and this is you know this is him Coming off of having won the Indy 500, no, the Indy 500 was later in the season. I forgot it was in August. Yeah, it was in August. Yeah, it was in August. Season started yeah, in so. June at Texas. Right. Yeah. I, I imagine it'd be super hellaciously difficult. It just adds more baggage. Look at Simon Pagano at Iowa. He was right, right, horrible, yeah. horrible up until the race. They finally dialed it in. It took them literally till the race to get it better. Who compared so they were able to adapt quickly, but I imagine they'd be bad. It would be ideal for them. They don't have to go through that or any team for that matter. Right. Okay. Well, let's try to, let's try to wrap up our, our NASCAR segment a little bit by talking about the next couple of weeks. We've got the interesting thing about this year is there's so much um, variety in the schedule. You know what I mean? You don't have these long stretches of, you know, one mile and a half after another, after another. Uh, so, you know, we're coming off of a couple of uh, sort of similar tracks. I mean, Homestead and Vegas are not cookie cutters, but they're they're a little similar. But next we're off to uh, Phoenix, which is a little, you know, five turnover, a little bull ring. And, and then from there, we're to uh, going to Atlanta, which is a cookie cutter. And then after that, we're going to throw dirt on the Bristol Motor Speedway and, and run a dirt dirt on the high banks there. So so heading into Phoenix. Who do you like? Kevin Harvick? I think there's no question <laughs> Kevin Harvick. The funny, why thing about share, Harvick right? the funny thing about Harvick is that he had a, the whole Stuart Haas camp had a horrible, horrible week in Vegas. They were terrible. Harvick finished 20th and everybody else finished outside the top 20. He didn't even lead a lap and he was the pole sitter of that in that race. Yeah, and, and Amarola's been nowhere this year. 
Yeah, Almirola's uh, had, aside from Daytona, he just, I, I feel like he's had incidents at every single race this season. Because I saw a photo through the NASCAR media that Almirola had a moment going into the turn number one, but I don't remember if they ever aired it. It was like, your grief Almirola has destroyed, has had to wrecked every single car he's had, apparently. Ever since he won that dual race, he's just been... He's been nowhere. He's been nowhere, yeah, so... Cole, Chase Briscoe has struggled into the new car and ad- adapting to it. And Cole Custer has shown, has doing a little bit better, but he's just, again, he needs more consistency. But for Harbick to finish 20th, a lap down, is surprising. But fortunately for him, he's got probably his best track on the circuit where he's won nine times, but people forget he hasn't won at Phoenix in three years. He led the most laps a year ago, finished runner-up in the last quote-unquote normality race before the pandemic happened. And he also got a 15-top-10 streak on the line, too. So I wouldn't doubt it at all that Harvick will be a contender. But Penske, I'm going to go with a Penske car winning it. And between, and it's probably going to be Logano. So that'll be my overall pick. It's just to see how he did last in the championship race before Elliott gone by. And also just... Even when he won in the spring, I wouldn't count Joey Logano out for this one. I think it's going to be back to where we were with Leg- with Penske getting. Well, actually, no. Or see the usual guys get back in the in the swing of things and start winning. That's what I meant. Logano. Yeah. Okay. Logano. Okay. All right. Are we settled on Logano? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, Pen- the Penske guys have been right there every week. They they just haven't you know sealed the deal. Uh, on a victory, but they've, they've been right there at or near the front. You know, if they're not running into one another or getting caught up in somebody else's mess, you know, Brad had a very solid uh, second place at Vegas. So uh, I do like your idea that the Penske's are going to be strong at Phoenix and I'll go with Keselowski. And that leaves you, Richard. It does. And, and Harvick is still available. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no. I'm going to go with Alex Bowman. All right. Yeah. Alex Bowman. Yeah. Good little driver there. So, all right. So let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about formula one um, because there's this whole little flat with the Haas team and their livery. Uh, yeah. Livery reveals, right. Let's talk uh, about that because there's a little bit because yeah. So as the story goes, uh, if you haven't read this folks, um, the, the country of Russia has a ban from the uh, anti-doping agency, the ADA, I believe is called, um, in competing in international sports. And this bars them from the Olympics and it bars any employee and any athlete from competing for that country. It, it bars any display of the, the country's flag. Um, so actually, you know, Haas's driver, um, what's his name? Mark. Marzipan Massapin is he's not even sure how they're going to classify him, but he can't say he's Russian or can't represent the Russian flag. Right. right. What is it? He can, he can be classed as like an athlete of Russian nationality or something. Isn't that some like a neutral thing? Yeah. Some, some sort of little, yeah. Loophole they need to do because evidently, evidently this, this, this whole thing applies to the FIA, which, it, it honestly, it shouldn't because, you know, these these type of doping violations didn't happen in motorsports. But but it's just kind of a blanket thing. And yeah. the uh, commission oversees everything, including the FIA. So when it so so Haas reveals their livery. Right. 
and um, red, white, and blue, which are, you know, the colors of the American flag, but they're also the colors of the current Russian flag, and they are in the exact sequence of the colors on the Russian flag. If you look at their front wings, the the three-tiered wing, it's the Russian flag. So now this has raised some eyebrows, uh, and the, the ADA say they're monitoring the situation. But, the, Richard, have you heard anything further on the fact that they're just monitoring the situation? No. Um, you know, that obviously has to turn around and said, oh, you know, we've done nothing wrong. It's just coincidental. Yeah, right. Okay. It's a bit like when, you know, Ferrari used to use that Marlboro logo that was everything but a Marlboro logo, wasn't it? Um, you know, I, I, it's sad in a way. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it, it, it really is because for the last five or six years, or if not slightly longer now, you know, Haas F1 has been the USA's, you know, the American team in Formula One, if you like. All admittedly based out of the UK for a logistics standpoint, uh, you know, they still, you know, maintain a base over here in, in North Carolina and also in, in Italy as well uh, from aero development. But it's it's a real shame that you don't like to say this and you don't like to criticize it, but with the basic they've sold out. You know, obviously Gene Hass himself has been bankrolling this through Hass Automation and for a little bit of time rich energy, but we all knew what happened with that one. Um, and obviously they've looked for, you know, we're not going to beat about the bush. A paid driver, Mazepin is a paid driver. His father is an extremely wealthy businessman and has has brought a lot of money to the table and wants the team branded in a appropriate way that reflects the investment of his organization and organization is very heavily involved in in russian business and basically it is a 200 mile an hour russian flag going around the track and it's it's a yeah, real and, shame because and to you know anybody that grew up through the Cold War era, right? Yeah, it's you know I mean it's, it's to put the Russian flag all over the one American team there. It just seems wrong. You know what I mean? And well, I know it, you know and, it, I, and I know it's all money, right? And and you yeah. know and you can say, oh, well, it's still red, white, and blue. Yeah, but the you yeah, know no, it, put, it's put not, some it's put not. some stars and stripes on there if you want to call yeah. it. You know, but you know what's even worse? What's even worse if you take in that standpoint? Every year. Since the you know the first Haas F1 car back in 2016 was it 15 or 16 I think um, on the barge board has carried the US flag that's gone now so there's nothing which denotes that team as being I'm from all the press photos I certainly haven't seen it anywhere anyway so it's bad enough that it's it's basically the Russian flag. But then, you know, it also, they've removed any reference to them being a U.S.-based team. And that must, she's them being paid a lot of money to do that, you know. Yeah, that, but, that, but, but at the same time, if, if you know, if uh, the Haas F1 team is is kind of a, a bit of a catalyst to attract more American fans to F1, they're going to fail miserably, the right way of going miserably it, no. with this. Yeah, because they, oh, they've, yeah. All, they've already taken a lot of criticism for not actively seeking an American driver. Now, mind you, I know they had um, um, Ferrucci in the, in, the, in the fold for a while, right? And he yeah, and Logan yeah. Sargent is now going to do something else to where right now the only thing they got is Jack Crawford. Right. And, well, they've still got Petro. Petro's still a um, test driver for Haas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, well, he's actually well, you know, he's actually 
dual citizenship of American Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. so that's so, why there's so that nugget. So, so that's sort of, of you know, he's a, he's. Yeah. A, I mean, if you want to, you know, what's it called? You know, clutching at straws, you know, to try. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's a that. he's a Brazilian Floridian. You know what I mean? Which yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, he yeah, Hickory Motor Speedway track champion almost a decade ago. Yeah, that's why they brought that nugget where Fittipaldi's technically the first American of any sort since Rossi to run a Formula One Grand Prix race. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah but it's I, just I, it's I, just. I just I think to the bulk of American fans, you know, you're the folks who call themselves red blooded patriots and especially uh, older fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, because I mean, the United States and Russia, you know, uh, have had a uh, on again, off again, love, hate relationship <laughs> for years. You know, they're they're yeah. oh, you know, what one minute there were, you know, under a red scare. We're afraid they're going to bomb us. We're building bomb shelters in the backyard. And, and then then they're tearing down the wall and we're all best friends again and and then they're meddling in our election so you know right i mean watch any james bond film russia's always the bad guy you know yeah. so but yeah i just it's just it's just off-putting to me it, uh, it leaves but, a nasty taste in the mouth doesn't it yes yeah you know, there's something you know something's not to put it bluntly something's not right here you know and it you know to, to the people that are very passionate about it you know, and Liberty have gone out their way to attract the U.S. market. You know, they're really hammering it. Excuse me. And, you know, to see this come along, it must be a, oh, really, guys? You know, could we not do something better than this? It, Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'll be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they're not bought out by the Russian you know, if they're not bought out pretty soon. Yeah, there's because, there's rumors floating that, that Haas is ready to just pack it in and yeah. sell. And he's know. got no commitment to the US, really, from the team standpoint. Yeah, there's the marketing and the PR people. But marketing and PR can be based anywhere in the world these days. So he could he could sell up and the new owners take over the um, UK and the Italian uh, facility and just rebrand it all. And yeah, it, it, it really does... It leaves a, a, a pretty bitter taste in the mouth, in a way, for the fans from the US who have been behind the team, who have, with mixed success, uh, you know, admittedly, but still, you know, to be in Formula One and to be competing is success. You know, people forget that. People criticize, like, oh, you know, the Hass are terrible because they're wherever. Well, no, Hass are not terrible. You know, it's difficult. It's a, you know, this isn't a game that everybody can play. And, um, yeah, it, it's just a shame. It really is, and and you you you, yeah, and also all the controversy as well with with Mazepin and some of his comments pre you know late last year um, or some of his social media activity, which he was reminded of his responsibilities. I think was the phrase that was used. Um, yeah, it it you know you you start looking to see if Pastamaldo. Maldonado is free for a drive, and if he's got any Venezuelan government money kicking around, don't you? That's probably oh, yeah. a little bit cleaner than what's coming into Hass right now. Could be, yeah. Who knows? And maybe Milka Duno still got some of that Cesar Chavez money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, uh, uh, is what it is. So, but Richard, what are your thoughts on some of the other? Um, the we preseason testing started today, did it not? No, it starts on Friday. It's Friday. Oh, it starts on Friday. Sunday. Okay. Formula Two, I think. Right. Yeah, Formula Two have had a couple of days. Um, 
where Delana had a moment apparently, and Lundgaard was quickest as, as far as yeah, I'm... usual usual suspects from last year. Really, the guys that you'd expect to be up there are up there. But um, yeah, Formula Two preseason was uh, last couple of days, and then Formula One is. Um, I think something. I think you'll see some track action on Thursday with teams doing media days and what have you. Um, but I think every team now has launched their car for what it's worth. They're almost identical to last year's. Few Ferrari, I think, is the only one left. They haven't shown delivery. Who's that, sorry? Ferrari. Are left. Yeah, Ferrari, I think, are the only team who haven't actually... They've they've revealed the team, but they haven't revealed the car yet, whatever that means. Um, Williams have, have sort of done a virtual launch, but their car has shaken down uh, during a, a test day, so it's not that they don't have a car, it's they decided to do an augmented reality app, which was hacked on the day of the launch, so it didn't work. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is kind of funny, because this is their sponsor, a cybersecurity company. Well. And then they got hacked. Yeah, so that's just just irony. So, but, uh, yeah, Louise, you said Ferrari hasn't um, revealed their livery yet, but if I was a betting man, I, I, I would, I would yeah, say it's, it's going to be red. I would say it's going to be red. As long as, it's, <laughs> as long as it doesn't look like what it looked like in 1993 with the white thing on top, we're golden. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. So Formula One testing will begin in earnest. And we are, what, about three weeks away from uh, the start of the season? Yeah. 2028 is the first race. So you've got so they're, they're two and a half know, weeks. Yeah. Two, two and, and a half, half weeks. weeks yeah. Right. And then we're uh, Australia. No, Bahrain. Australia's Australia Bahrain. been moved. And- yeah, Australia's I, been moved back to November. They've they've shaken up the schedule so much it's hard to tell who's coming. It is. Yeah, I think so. Them. It goes. Oh goodness me, where is it? It starts off in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. I think Portugal's been confirmed as the third race. Yeah, that uh, where the, the TC race is definitely. Yeah, Portimao now. Yeah, Portimao's now in there, and yeah, so it's all a little bit shuffled up, but hopefully it will. Won't change too much. Um, and there's still going to have to get some fans back. There's still some niggling rumors that um, Monaco may not make it. Monaco yeah, might I mean, Monaco's yeah. a, a pretty unique, you know, setup there, isn't it, really? And just the whole logistics of it, just make it with everything that's going on in the world right now, the whole logistics of Monaco make it. Um, yeah, you. Oof, if yeah, you're if you're gonna have it, then just don't you? build grandstands. Just the people who can watch are the ones that actually live in those principality places. Exactly. Yeah. yeah everybody, like everybody watches from yachts anyway. Yeah, I could have sworn there yeah. were a couple yachts at Abu Dhabi, but I think they said they're re- they're seasonal residents or whatever, so they they were fine to leave it there. But that's besides the point. Yeah, and then then as far as IndyCar schedule is concerned, um, they are. Um, doing pretty well with announcing races. Arbor has announced with fans. Um, St. Pete has been announced with fans. Um, they're selling they're selling tickets for Nashville. Uh, Nashville appears to be a go. The the one race in question seems to be Toronto, uh, which Toronto may or may not happen, or may have to get pushed uh, because. Uh, They've, I guess, up in Canada, they've got another ban on public events that goes through the first week of uh, July, and then, then I think, yeah. I think Toronto was like the week after, so they're kind of right there. If they, if you know, if the numbers don't kind of turn around in Canada, and Canada does not have quite the uh, 
the amount of vaccines that we have in here in the state. So yeah, they're in they're a mess up there because I know one of the people I follow on Twitter that does like tremendous of content for the Vassar Sullivan entity, where it's literally tweeted is like that always tell me that Canada are not looking too good right now. Much, much worse than me being my mid 20s. Probably not going to get an opportunity to va- get a vaccine until probably June at worst. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I guess the, the popular thought is that if Toronto has to drop, then mid Ohio becomes a doubleheader like it did last year. And that's, um, that's a mid Ohio's on 4th of July weekend, which if you ask me is a horrible day to, to get some attendance at a race. Yeah. I mean, you have road America cup on 4th of July as well. Ex- exactly. And, and the drive from, um, yeah, from, from road oh, America fine. to mid Ohio is not that far. If you've got, you've got a lot of race fans that live kind of right in between there. That's just right in the Midwest, right in the, the, the heart of ra- of Midwest race fan central. So yeah, that's and, and, be and, interesting for sure. Um, I've got I've got good friends of mine that are conflicted as to which race to go to, you know, because because they're they're folks like me where they, you know, enjoy IndyCar very much, but they also um, love Road America because um, Road America is a much finer facility than than Mid Ohio. No, you know, no uh, disrespect to Mid Ohio, but uh, Road America is incredible. And uh, the cup cars on road courses are just so fun to watch. So, yeah, it's uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But if they do make Mid Ohio a uh, doubleheader, I mean, is what it is. They, at least they can try to charge a full ticket price for Saturday and Sunday. So there's a race both days. Yeah, and I know the other. I know the other. You brought up Toronto and uh, Mid Ohio. I also know that if Motorsport doesn't happen in trucks, they're probably going to consider going to IRP or notice Lucas oil raceway. So it's, it's tough for, I, I, I just feel bad for those in Canada for sure that they may be out, out of luck again. And I don't know about Montreal with the Canadian Grand Prix at this moment either. Cause they're coming up. They're usually in the, yeah, June. that's that's in June. Yeah. So yeah. And, and you're still, yeah, Canada's still on lockdown into June. So, yeah, the, that race could be in jeopardy as well. But, I mean, you know, just keep your fingers crossed. I, I mean, you know, the bright thing is that we're seeing, you know, a year ago <laughs> this time, we weren't seeing any races. We weren't seeing any basketball games. We weren't seeing any baseball games. We were seeing we basketball games getting canceled in the middle of the game. In the middle of a game, yeah. Yeah, we, we, had, no, we had no March Madness. We had no... <laughs> you know, we had no NBA. Yeah. We we had no Stanley Cup winner. <laughs> so, but everything um, yeah. got pushed back. The only thing that had no Olympics last year, and it, you know, so and who knows? I, I don't know. And I still question whether or not they could even have one in twenty one. Well, the Olympics. Yeah, I still wonder if they're even last. Gonna... Uh, last I heard is that they were going to go forward with the Olympics, but but they were going to ha- allow no foreign visitors. So the only people from other countries allowed in are going to be athletes and coaches. So, which means, you know, you've uh, say you've bankrolled your son or daughter's entire career to get them to the Olympics. And then you're not able to travel and share that moment with them. So it's going to, Oh, I think it's terrible. Yeah. But I, was, I mean, I was thinking in a sense where there's like with bachelor's last year, it's just only the ones in the continent allowed to compete. They said, no, yeah, no foreign visit. Yeah. Or I don't think the con, I think just the country of Japan, but, but I mean, that's a topic for another show, Yeah, you know, drafting the Olympics, which uh, airs uh, Thursdays on Nick at night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nick at night. 
I don't know. I'm just being silly. So, uh, so Louise, have you been uh, following some of the um, IndyCar testing? We've uh, had a lot of guys putting down a lot of laps uh, in a couple of different places. We've got uh, guys testing in Sebring, testing in Barber, Laguna um, Seca, t- testing at Laguna Seca. Um, I haven't read a lot of test times and whatnot, but it's uh, it's not private, it's, it's, so you're not yeah. gonna find one. I don't know how one yeah, well, we'll, we'll, find a data unless somebody in the know told him, which I don't know how they got in the know. Well, That's some, a of them, some of them have have had posted timesheets. I know there was a uh, one of the tests. Spencer Pickett was fastest, but but the, I mean the, the 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 deceiving thing about testing and Richard, you can attest to this is uh, you don't know what they're working on in testing. They, yeah. they, they may not be going for a hot lap or a high speed. They may be testing you know, different aero bits or whatnot. Matter of fact, I saw a picture of um, uh, Juan Montoya uh, was at, at Laguna Seca testing the, um, the McLaren car. And there were so many of those pinnet tubes on the sides of the car. It looks like he had two chicken cages mm-hmm. <laughs> one on either side of the car just to gather all that data so he's obviously not going for a, a hot lap they're, no no they're, no, no, they're no, yeah no. they're when getting they, so they're, they're doing data gathering when they run those um to give them the official names the arrow rakes um no i mean you you typically know you're doing straight line constant velocity testing to benchmark uh what's going on there which is interesting that they're doing that so i mean obviously they're trying to do some aero work and uh, get a get an understanding of what's going on, but um, yeah, I, I it, you could you'd be surprised how much other teams know about what other teams are doing. You can you can work out fuel loads pretty easily from like engine note to, uh, engine tones and stuff. We used to do this in Formula One. You used to sit there on a pick box and you put a little microphone out there and you record the sound of each car going past, and from that noise, you could you know, you can work out what fuel loads people have and all this sort of stuff. So you, so you can work out pretty quickly what other teams are doing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's pre-season testing. You're just trying to get back into the groove, aren't you, really? Yeah, especially after, you know, last year was such a an odd year, you know, and a short season. And so, but, uh, but yeah, I just, at the same time, it's just good to see, uh, you know, see all these guys back on the track. It's good to see some of the um, just real enthusiasm. I've seen some of these guys being interviewed because they had the uh, uh, content day the other day, which is, uh, uh, you know, what they used to call media day, but they call it content day these days. And uh, uh, you've got some guys that are just really optimistic about the year. Will Power is one of them. He, he's looking forward to a great season. He's feeling really good. Um, You've got a couple of guys that are uh, working with uh, Jimmy Johnson there, a couple of the Ganassi guys. They're just giving him high marks for his work ethic and whatnot. You know, I'm interested to see there. You see Connor Daly have a new hairdo where he's wearing a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, fortunately, hopefully he doesn't have a, a fiery incident to, and like he did in the truck race. The yeah, mullet's still intact, but before. Before, before he had that incident, he's made a remark about a remark over the radio about his seat. Like, hopefully he's all right in that department. I'm not going to fully say it on there because, you know, P, trying to keep it PG. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So yeah, Connor made his truck debut. Yeah, in, in fiery fashion, didn't end the way he would like. Um, has, has second career- truck start of his career. Oh, what is it second? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, he drove it- Vegas last year was. Even some forgot about that truck start he made a year ago. So it's all good. Um, 
What about Ferrucci? Has he made a, a second star in Xfinity yet? Or he's running? I said, what did I say? The the next he's made a couple races, of so he's like... now in the second half of the of the stint. He had yeah. a top fifteen day at Vegas. He did. Okay, pretty, so yeah, he's, he's pretty he's very, pretty pretty well. Like if I recall, he stayed on. He ended up staying on the lead lap after getting the free pass at the very end of the race. Oh, that's good because his first his debut race, I think, he ended up four laps down. Yeah, he had a four, four laps down, but he brought that brought the car home in one piece, which is always, you know, something that the team owner appreciates as well as the guys that work in the shop. Yeah, so we'll see how he does at Phoenix. I think his last one in the mains, the first stint of the Xfinity, I believe, is Martinsville. I know he mentioned Martinsville, so I we'll see after Martinsville how we I assess Santino how he does with a car that. It's pretty much relatively new car and team relatively new to Xfinity dating back to a year ago or two. Richard, I wanted to uh, just to run this by you here. We've got about seven minutes left in the show. Uh, but one of the question and answers during the um, IndyCar content day, uh, they're talking about alternative fuels and, and IndyCar says they're open yep. to and pursuing a, a zero emissions e-fuel, mm-hmm. which is not to be confused with an electric car. Uh, no zero, zero emissions fuel. So, uh, what are you? I don't know. You've, uh, I don't know if you have any experience with this and whatnot, but I know you're, um, oh, yes, you're, you're well, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're well versed in, uh, you know, the mechanics of automobiles. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, alternative e fuel, how, how, what that looks like and, and what this means. It's probably looking along the signs of like, um, hydrogen power, uh, or fuel cell, as they call it in, in, in road car world. And, you know, in in <clears throat> in many ways, it's a you know, it's like the third the third place, if you like, in commercial energy for for the automotive industry. Obviously, you know, you have got your gas and diesel trucks, um, you know, as your main mainstay. But then, you know, your electromobility, mobility vehicles are, are starting to take hold in, in quite a big way with almost every engine, every vehicle manufacturer now producing them. And some manufacturers are saying that they will, you know, for the next five, 10 years, stop producing internal combustion engines, excuse me, and go down the uh, fully electric uh, route. But uh, there is, you know, still sat there in the background, there is this hydrogen power cars and they, their only emission from hydrogen powered car is, is water. So they are zero emissions in many ways. Um, you know, and, and it can be distributed and stored in tanks as it can with normal petrol or gas um, or diesel. So it's it's an interesting concept and it's, it, it almost, in a way, is the better solution than the battery power. But it's just not really taken up in a commercial way. Um, now, if that comes into IndyCar, that'll be a fascinating uh, use of the technology there. and It'll probably be a good boost for it. But, um, yeah, because, you know, in, in my it's mind, a long way off. Yeah, it's a long way off. Yeah, but like I say, in my mind, you, you think that uh, I mean, just you, the electric cars are. I, I I'm not convinced that's the way to go because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of bio waste from uh, production of batteries. You know, when, yeah. you know, we can have a, that conversation another day. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, well, we are just about at the end of the hour, so we've got enough time to go around the table for a final thought with each of you guys. Uh, uh, what do you, what do you guys what do you guys looking most forward to for the rest of twenty twenty one? Remind me about that question come the month of May. Uh, I, I'll probably give you a definitive answer, but 
fingers crossed, month to May, something good happens. That's all I can say. But going forward, hopefully we can get the Long Beach finale delivers. That's what really matters. I hope it does deliver. It's a historic marquee race, bigger, the second biggest race of the IndyCar calendar as a, as a title deciding race. I just hope it, it is the, it goes through the roof come September. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And Richard and you. Uh, it'd be great to, you know, see <clears throat> in a couple of days now, get the Formula one cars back on track, see where, see if the pecking order's moved at all. I, I can't see it being moved much. I mean, if there anybody who's going to make a big lump leap, it's going to be McLaren with, uh, you know, having the Mercedes power in there over the Renault. Um, <clears throat> see how some of the new drivers fit in with their new teams. And, uh, you know, I, I know we talked about it quite a bit today, but I, I really do think there's more legs to this Haas story. And, uh, yeah, I think that could get pretty messy um, throughout the season. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. So uh, with that, uh, I want to thank you, Louise. I want to thank you, Richard. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank uh, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and Google Podcasts. And uh, you'll find us on YouTube now. I want to thank Keith Hayes for producing us. And I want to thank you folks that listen to us. Till next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 